Hi there, and welcome to my Fashion Stories Box podcast, a podcast about stories in fashion history. I am Catherine, and I am so glad to welcome you here. Let's discover together interesting facts about fashion and history, and fashion history. Paul Poiret. This name might not be so well known for you when it comes to the list of famous fashion designers who changed the fashion world. And usually when we talk about the simplification of fashion for women at the end of the 20th century with less volume and less corset, the first name that comes to mind is Coco Chanel. However, before her, there was Paul Poiret. And the objective of this episode is to learn more about him. Who was Paul Poiret, also known as the King of Fashion and Le Magnifique? What were his sources of inspiration? Who was the woman who influenced his conception of the modern woman? What were his marketing innovations? And why did his name got lost in the void of fashion history? These are the questions I will try to answer during this new episode of my Fashion Stories Box podcast dedicated to Paul Poiret, the designer who freed women from their corsets. Paul Poiret was born in 1879 in Paris, France. His parents were working in the cloth industry, and it is said that the young Paul was already well conscious of its worth and also attracted by designing clothes. He started as an intern in a umbrella maker, and in the same time, he would create clothes out of silk leftovers for a doll his sisters gave him. Then, he would start selling sketches to Parisian fashion houses as Louise Chiry, until Jacques Doucet, another important designer at that time, hired him in 1898. The first design he did for Jacques Doucet was a red cape which sold at 400 copies. Not so bad for a beginner. And he reached famousness after having designed a black mantle of tulle over a black taffeta painted by a famous fan painter of that time, Bilate. This outfit was worn by a famous actress, Rejane, in a play Zaza, transforming Poiret into the designer of the celebrities. After Jacques Doucet, Paul Poiret joined the all-powerful fashion house of Worth in 1901. He was in charge of designing simple and practical dresses which were making an appearance at the beginning of the 20th century fashion for women. However, This type of dresses seemed not to be in the like of the House of Worth, as Gaston Worth, the successor of Charles Frederick Worth, the father of haute couture, nicknamed them, quote, the fried potatoes, unquote, as he considered them as the side dishes to the main designer course, the truffles. An interesting analogy of dresses being compared to food. On the top of this, Paul Poiret's design seemed to have been a bit too continued age and modern for the positioning of the house of worth and its maybe too conservative clients. After his kimono-like coat being rejected by the Russian princess Baryatinskaya, who compared it to the type of outfits worn by people to be beheaded, Poiret left the house of worth and founded his own couture house in 1903. As a fashion designer, he made the statement to go against the fashion of that time and to re-question the way dresses were made. Even if the style of the beginning of the 20th century tended to be simpler than during the 19th century, 
The woman's fashion silhouette was still characterized by a corset and some layers of petticoats under the skirts of the dress to achieve the ideal silhouette of la belle époque, the husband silhouette or pigeon silhouette. The volume was gathered in the top front and bottom back with a tiny waist. In 1903, Paul Poiré would start to get rid of the petticoats and in 1906, it would be the corset that would slowly disappear from his design through these high-waisted dresses. A bit earlier than Coco Chanel, right? Paul Poiré became synonymous of kimono-inspired coats and loose-fitting dresses, a precursor of the Lagarsan silhouettes which would develop during the 20s. You can imagine that his design shocked the conservative souls of that time, and not everybody, especially the older generation, was a big fan of his. But the novelty is always attractive, and even if some women wouldn't find it appropriate yet to go out without a corset underneath their clothes, women, especially from the artistic world, would adapt these designs. As you can see, Paul Poiré was a strong supporter of slim and lean silhouettes. He would take his inspiration from the draping of ancient Greek and ancient Roman sculptors to design his straight silhouettes, enabling freedom of movements. He also looked at traditional costumes from Asia and Middle East, for example, being his main sources of inspiration. He was also deeply marked by the Orientalist wave and the Balearus costume designs by Leon Bax. He is the designer who opened the way for future ones to create more and more comfortable clothes for women with less and less supportive garments. He would have said to Vogue that, quote, women's clothing shouldn't hide the beauty of each woman. On the contrary, they have to underline it, to show it. All the talent of an artist lies in the way to reveal, unquote. How beautiful, isn't it? His main additions to the fashion world, apart from freeing women from corsets, would be the kimono-like coats, the lampshade tunics, the harem pants, the curled skirts, and the obol skirts. Strangely enough, when you look at this last piece of outfit, you can't really see it as a comfortable one or enabling freedom of movement. This skirt is, of course, less voluminous, requiring less structures than its predecessors. However, Walking in them wasn't something easy. Let me describe it for you. It's a long skirt with a higher narrow hem, usually at the knees or calves levels, that would after go a bit wider, preventing the wearer to do long steps. Poiré would have told about this skirt that, quote, Yes, I freed the bust, but I shackled the necks. Unquote. Another quite frustrating thing, if you want my point of view. Imagine that you would finally breathe normally, but on the other hand, you couldn't enjoy this new freedom of breathing because your legs were tied. This type of skirt led to many accidents of women falling down or not being able to board a tramway because the steps would be too high. The reinvention from Pry was really his way of working with fabrics to create his very characteristic silhouettes. He would directly drape the fabrics around the body and see how the fabrics would behave. He wasn't a big fan of tailoring and pattern making and would also try to simplify the creation process by working with rectangles. It was a real challenge to the processes of creation used up to that time, but 
He had a clear vision of the ideal feminine silhouette and what kind of outfit this woman needed to have. In an interview to Harper's Bazaar in 1912, Paul Poiret said that, quote, A well-dressed woman is a woman who knows which dresses and which accessories fit her well, but she is not the one who gets dressed only having in mind to follow fashion. Unquote. His vision of this new feminine ideal has been influenced by one woman, his wife, Denise. In 1913, Paul Poiré said to Vogue that, quote, My wife is the inspiration for all my creations. She is the expression of my ideals. Unquote. Denise Poiré was amused to him. Paul Poiré described her as being slim, with brown hairs, wearing no makeup. She had a timeless beauty, wild and natural. They got married in 1905 and would have five children together. Denise Poiret would be a model wearing the latest Paris creations and a brand ambassador for her husband, convincing other influential women to adopt her style and buy from her husband. Her silhouette and her personality would be what would inspire this movement free dresses to Poiret. She was at the opposite of the regular silhouette of the pre-First World War, and she would influence the à la garçon, the flapper style of the 20s, through Paul Poiret's designs. Behind every great man, there is an even greater woman. Unfortunately, they would divorce in 1928, and Paul Poiret would start his slow descent into oblivion. After the First World War, his style would stop being in harmony with the spirit of the time. New designers as Coco Chanel or Jean Patou would take the lead on the comfortable and casual clothes segment. His orientalist touch would be seen as too much. On the top of that, his craftsmanship started to be requestioned. His designs were striking, but his constructions weren't that good compared to the simple yet perfectly made clothes by Chanel. The beauty criteria wasn't enough anymore to sell. In 1922, Paul Poiret was invited in New York to design costumes for Broadway. However, this wasn't enough to make him back on tracks, and after the Wall Street crash in 1929, he closed his fashion house. His stocks were sold by the kilogram. He lost everything. He died in 1944 as a complete foreigner, forgotten by the fashion world and in poverty. What a sad hand for a man who revolutionized fashion for women. The simplicity of his silhouettes would put the foundations for the modern fashion which would develop after the First World War. He literally announced the Garson silhouette before the flappers were the thing of the 20s. However, he took no benefits from it. The rise and fall of a designer. But this is not on this sad point that I want to finish this episode of my Fashion Storybox podcast dedicated to Paul Poiret. And I want to come back at the time where he was nicknamed Le Magnifique, the King of Fashion. Paul Poiret was a designer star before his time, and he was a great marketer. He knew how to sparkle the attention and desire. 
As we saw, he started his career by collaborating with theater celebrities, which gave him visibility and authority. He would work on his branding, and it is said that a lot of efforts were put on the window displays of his shop. He would also be the first French fashion designer to diversify and launch a perfume line in 1911 with Parfum de Rosé. He would be the first French designer to export to the US and also the first designer to fight to protect the intellectual property rights of designers by becoming the head of the Syndicat de Défense de la Haute Couture Française. On the top of that, he was a patron, an art sponsor. He would open a art gallery where art exhibitions would be organized to promote modern artists as Pablo Picasso, Amadeo Modigliani, and among others. He would also organize concerts, readings of poetry by Max Jacob and Guillaume Apollinaire, and other performances. Paul Poiré was a stage person. He liked to see and to be seen. I guess he should have have a big ego, as his parents noticed when he was a teenager. He wanted to be the center and to sparkle. He was a diva. And he was also very famous for the magnificent parties he was organizing where the whole Paris would come. Thus, his nickname, the Magnifique. Maybe the best known of these parties was the 1002nd night he organized in 1911. This party was inspired by the tales of the 1001 nights and displayed all the orientalist craze Paul Poiré had. He dressed himself as a sultan, dressed his wife Denise as the favorite of the sultan and displayed her in a golden cage, and he encouraged his guests to wear fancy and extravagant oriental-inspired dresses. Even the venue was transformed into a certain palace with lanterns in the gardens, tents and tropical birds. This party was dedicated to the launch of his perfume and Paul Poiré would give a bottle to all of his guests. Nothing he under the sun, right? His parties, looked after by everybody, were part of his marketing strategy to make people talk about him, to showcase and to sell. In 1939, in his book Autant du Boeuf sur le Toit, Maurice Satch, a French writer, observer of the 20s Parisian intellectual life, would write about Paul Poiré. Quote, the most entertaining, the most beautiful place of all Paris is l'Oasis, a theater in the garden of his private mansion on the Champs-Élysées. Poiré has the eyes of the lobster, the beard of François I, the oriental splendor. He entertains himself and he entertains Paris. Unquote. He would organize many parties, all more magnificent than the others. In June 25, 1921, Paul Poiré organized the Red and Purple Ball at the Opera Garni in Paris for which he designed Velasquez dresses in gold and red, Borgia dresses in gold and purple, an explosion of gold and bright colors. Paul Poiré considered himself as an artist and not as a designer, and this is something you can see also in his way of life. His desire to live by the day, not to think about the future, 
to help and promote other artists. And this is also something you can see being translated in his designs, in his approach to create outfits and to stage them. Commercially inactive since 1933, Price Brand has been acquired by a group specialized in reviving Udoman brands and is now the property of Shinsengai International, a South Korean fashion and luxury group also distributing brands as Givenchy. Currently, there is a website, www.poire.com, and an Instagram account in which you can see a skincare line, but it seems that the brand is active only in South Korea. On Vogue Runway, I saw the brand's fall 2018 ready-to-wear collection, but I couldn't find anything up-to-date regarding new collections or the current creative director for Poiré. Many museums around the world have paid tribute to this remarkable designer by organizing exhibitions and retrospectives of these designs. Modern designers also paid tribute to Paul Poiré, and Nicolas Guesquier, current creative director of Louis Vuitton Women's Wear, said about them that, quote, Poiré was an exceptional creative force, a designer who materialized the world of ideas through the sensual craft of dressmaking, unquote. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my Fashion Stories Box podcast dedicated to Paul Poiré, the designer of freed women from their corsets. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen your podcasts, to connect with me on Instagram and Facebook, and to have a look at my blog to complete the podcasts with some visuals. And if you like my podcast, feel free to leave a comment or a review. I would really appreciate it. I am Catherine. And this is my Fashion Stories Box podcast, a podcast about stories in fashion history. See you next week for a new Fashion Story Box. Mm-hmm.